Penn State, Rutgers, Maryland, all that and more as we argue like two middle-aged schoolgirls next on Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode nine, and it's been 10 days since we've been on here, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's been 10 long days for me. Um, going through a home remodel and everything, and just haven't been able to, to squeeze in any podcasts, so I do apologize to all the listeners out there for you know being so lazy and not being able to get on here, but I am thankful that I'm back, and I am ready to roll. I'm excited. I'm ready to start arguing again, man. Yeah, I was about ready to change the title from Dotting Now with Davis and Chad to just Dotting Now with Davis. I mean, like, I, w- I was about ready to go solo. You can't do that. I'm the talent. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll let the audience decide that. But <laughs> anyways, um, obviously, we missed uh, kind of, you know, our post game on the pin- on the Penn State game uh, in our preview of records. I think it can be forgiven on the preview for records. I'm not sure a lot of people were really that much interested in what the preview for that game was, but nevertheless, I think we have some good post game stuff to talk about records and we can even bring up a few things we thought about the Penn state game as well in there. But from my recollection, uh, our last prop bet didn't necessarily go according to the way you hoped it would have went. I was cheated. I was cheated on the last second. Uh, listen, did Ohio State miss several chip shot field goals against Penn State? Yes. Were we in the red zone a couple times, came with no points? Yes. But I also told you, if you remember, that every time we play Penn State, there's fluky, weird stuff that happens. And lo and behold, I was correct once again. I hate saying that you're right. It's basically like sticking a like a knife in an outlet, like and still holding on to it. That's what it's like when I say, yes, Davis, you were correct on that. So I'm just going to refrain... Uh, from saying that and just say, good job, man. Well, all you got to do is just stop putting your the knife in the outlet. Or if you're going to do it, at least let go of the thing. Well, I like to party. <laughs> <laughs> you do, You always like to live dangerously, didn't you? Yeah, it, and that was 10 days ago. So remind me again, what were the bets? Uh, the Penn State game was oh, Ohio State scores more than 42 or 42 or more, and you you, you picked the over because you thought we were just going to absolutely thromp them. And I, I agree we should have, but I took the under because of fluky stuff that I expected to happen. So I won that part. Then you said Fields was going to pass for over 275. I figured that Penn State would put a little bit more of a fight in the passing game, but no, he exceeded over 300 that game. So you won that bet. And then the third bet was that you thought uh, Penn State would be kept under uh, – 225 yards of passing and i just kind of had a feeling like our secondary would be exposed a little bit more um and sure enough you know they had like 250 260 yards of passing something like that so i won that one and that was two out of three and the bet was sir if you remember dinner with a draft beer i'm gonna take you to a vegan place that serves grass beer (laughs) hey listen (laughs) as long as the alcohol content's up i will still take it <laughs> okay. Well, so now tell me this. Tell me this. Well, tell me this. Now tell me this. Before we even move forward, give me a, like in 30 seconds or less, what was your overall reaction about the Penn State because we never got to really react to that. In 30 seconds or less, I think Justin Fields is doing everything that he can. I think he's a one-man show, man. I think our receivers are phenomenal, and I think once again, 
Um, we're we're struggling on defense, especially in the secondary uh, of the Penn State game, and notably Sean Wade, who had a really bad week, and I think he kind of kind of really hurt his draft stock a little bit there. Other than that, um, I like the play calling. Still don't like the fact that we're letting off the gas in the second half as much. And I can say the same thing when we when we talk about uh, last week here in a minute. But uh, but overall, I mean, a solid performance. I, I you know I, I really don't have any any qualms. How about you? Okay, so um, we've not had a lot of like major success on the road at Penn State. I know that we've won the majority of the time. The last time we did lose was at Penn State with the uh, block field goal that got ran back for a touchdown. But we still had a lot of mishaps in there and some mistakes and still won by double digits. So I'm taking it for a lot more uh, as a positive. Justin Fields is just stupid good, like absolutely stupid good. He's so productive that, I mean, even up to this point, he still has less passing completions than he has touchdowns. Like, that's stupid. And I thought his numbers last year with, you know, in the regular season, 40 touchdown passes to one interception was not going to be beat. And he's on pace to beat that right now. So... I'm taking a lot of positive. I think the defensive line in the running game stepped up in that game, and I think Sean Wade got exposed. And I'm not going to say it's because Sean Wade's not capable, but he looked like he was trying not to get hurt in that game. He looked like he was afraid to make contact in that game, given the Penn State wide receiver had two one-handed grabs on back-to-back plays, but still. Like, Sean Wade looked completely disinterested in that game. And that, to me, was probably the most most upsetting thing because, you know, he's supposed to be our best defensive player that is returning. So that, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to I'm going to leave it at that. I think I'm, I'm taking overall positive from it because we still beat them by double digits on their own on their home turf, even though, you know, their home field advantage wasn't really there with the wide out. But still. You know, Ryan Day made it clear that, you know, they were pumping so much noise that even the decibel level exceeded what was supposed to be allowed. So they definitely tried to make it hard for us to communicate. But, you know, the environment was just different. But you could tell early on that game that we were much better than them. And I uh, agree with exactly what you said in the second half, that we we've got to put two halves together. I agree, because, you know, later on, it, it kind of concerns me that we're not going to play four quarters of football. They were constantly putting in the backups, and I get it. They got to get reps. We got to stay deep this season because of coronavirus and injuries, and you never know who or when somebody's going to have to play. But at the same point in time, man, you know, sooner or later, once we get through this thing, if we're where we want to be, we're going to have to play four quarters of football versus someone. Yeah, plain and simple. I I understand that, and that game may come sooner than we think. I mean, you know, we don't exactly have an easy game upcoming. Uh, this week at Maryland. I mean, I know it's Maryland, but you know, we'll get into that here in a second. But anyways, I want to spend a lot of time on the Rutgers reaction. And the main reason I want to spend a lot of time on it is because a lot of people don't would know this, but me and you spent two hours on the phone after the Rutgers game. And it literally would have come to a fist fight had we been in person because we were pissed. on such different ends of the spectrum with our reaction to the Rutgers game that it wasn't even funny. So I'm going to give you, you know, kind of the head start here, and I want you to give me your Rutgers reaction. Because those of you that, I'm assuming assuming if you're listening to this, you realize that, you know, we won 49-27. The spread in that game was like 35, which anytime you get over a 30-point spread, like it's just sometimes dumb luck on whether or not you carry or not, which we, we were definitely over 30 points better than them, but we won by 22. So go ahead and give me your reaction on the the Rutgers game. Let me start by saying this. Rutgers is one of the worst football teams in the Big Ten, if not the worst football team in the Big Ten. 
And I, I've told you before, I've said on this podcast, I'm a Ryan Day fan. I have. It took me a while for him to win me over. It really did. I was just skeptical at the beginning, but he really grabbed me. And especially this season, man, I just felt this electricity. And I got to be honest, I don't feel it. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit shaken by this week. And that is, yes, I know we put up, you know, 30 some points in the first half and, you know, we had a big lead, but our defense, our defense is trash. It was trash in the second half. And I don't want to hear, don't give me this crap about trick plays and, oh, we do a couple throwback passes. I don't want to hear that crap because guess what? That's going to happen to other people too. So what Alabama does it to us and, and we can't stop them either. We need to be able to stop it. It's Rutgers for Christ's sake. Rutgers. Holy cow. All I want to know is, Ryan Day, when are you going to play four quarters of football? That's number one. When are you going to get this defense on track? Number two. And number three, are we going to have any kind of running game this year, or is it just going to be Justin Fields or bust? That's my question. Do you feel better? I do not feel better. <laughs> I'm pissed off. I, I'm aware. And this this was exactly what happened Saturday night. Assuming you might have had a, a few more select beverages at that point. I, that but, was the... 100% G-rated version of what I said to you was X-rated. <laughs> it's probably true. It's probably true. And what I continue to tell you is that you cannot throw the red flag just yet. Hold on. Because I'm not you need to look. You did. You know what I'm doing? No, you I'm know what? Gonna I'm going to out you. I'm going to out you right now and say that you literally told me on the phone that night that Ryan Day is just another Jim Trestle. That's how we felt. Jim, Tr- Jim Trestle scored 21 points and then played for field possession for the rest of the game. And I'm like, now is listen, that what Ryan Day's doing? Getting 35 points and then not playing I'm the second not, half? I'm not bashing Jim Trestle because I love Jim Trestle. I'm him and tell his him sweater vest and all. But I'm going to tell him what you said. You can tell him what I said because what I said was fact. He is not Jim Trestle. He is so far beyond Jim Trestle. But I agree that there is still something missing that we're not putting four quarters together. But go ahead. Tell him what I said. I don't remember what you said. Exactly. I wasn't you, even listening. Exactly. You weren't even listening. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. I'll let you have your piece. Okay. Uninterrupted. So, here's mine. I think you and the majority of the fans that I am seeing that have written stuff, whether it's directly to us or it's on Twitter or it's on other Facebook uh, pages that are Ohio State fan related, I think a lot of people are overreacting about right. Ohio State. That goes for everybody. <laughs> And listen, hey, can, can I have my time? Can I have my time? Okay. I hate giving you the time, but go can on. Can I have my time? All right. Yeah. So, first of all, the first half was 35 to 3. And I would give the first half probably an A minus performance overall. Um, and that's only me saying because, you know, I, I know that we're capable of shutting teams out. And I hate when they can even move it down the field on us, especially a team like Rutgers. But they also have. Greg Schiano, which has been Rutgers' best coach in the history of Rutgers. And he is now back, and he is trying to recreate a different environment uh, of what they used to have. Now, it's still going to be Rutgers. And at the end of the day, they are not going to get the same kind of talent that Ohio State or any of these other big programs are going to get on their team. So we should be much more dominant. However, he is getting his players to play hard. Okay? So I can give him credit for that. But 35-3 to at halftime. All right? And then you can even look at a lackadaisical, ho-hum kind of uh, third quarter where we outscore them 7-6. to six. It's 42-9 to nine at the end of the third quarter. So we're going into the fourth quarter still up 42-9. to nine. And my disappointment there is I feel like we should have scored more. But if you look between the lines, we had Harry Miller 
who unfortunately on the line had a lot of stupid holding penalties. And he kind of got beat off the line a few times. Now, if you actually look at the tape, you can see that one of the defensive linemen for Rutgers was lined up offsides like a majority of the time. They called him on it like once. But, you know, regardless, you know, if you're going to play offensive line for Ohio State, you cannot have a Rutgers defensive lineman beating you off the ball. And that happened a few too many times, and he had to hold. So we had a lot of penalties in this game, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They kind of backed us up, backed us up, and didn't keep us what Ryan Day would call on schedule. Okay? So even with all this, we're still at 42-9 to going into the final quarter. Now, even though you're still seeing Justin Fields playing some snaps in the fourth quarter, you also have to realize that we're putting in backups at the offensive line, on the defensive line. Can I have my time? Can I Listen, have my time? Your time can, is I, can I have my time? Can You're I have taking my double time? the time I took. Well, it's because I am rebuting your, like, listen, you want this to be about the presidential debate? Listen, I'll, I'll put a mute, mute on your mic if, you, if I need to. <laughs> we, we're we're going we're gonna to need someone to, like, moderate this thing right yeah. now because this is getting out of control. <laughs> the, the, all right, I'm, I'm going to spare you all the other details. 42 to 9, entering the fourth quarter. I'm sorry, 42 to 9, yeah, and we finish 49-27. So that means they score 18 points in the fourth quarter, and we score 7. On paper, at the end of the day, that doesn't look good. But if you really look at the majority of the game, when we're playing wholeheartedly with our starters in, we still dominated the other team, okay? And yes, the trick plays do matter because when you have assignment football and you have guys that are told to fly to the football, they're throwing a lot of misdirection at us. I mean, I've seen on like a kickoff someone thrown to the opposite end of the field. But I don't know if I've ever even seen, unless it's the end of the game heroics, a punt return being thrown to the opposite side and being run back. And it was well blocked. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you other than it was well blocked. Like, and the guy made some good moves and Rutgers still has some four and five star players that didn't make it at these other schools like Wisconsin. And they have two defensive players that came from us. So they still have some athletes on that team. Okay, but they just cannot match up to the amount of athletes we have on our team. You look at the overall score of 49 to 27. I think it's a complete overreaction to assume that, hey, we suck. Our defense is terrible. Let's throw in the towel. We can't even beat Rutgers by like 40 plus points. It's done and over with. Like what happens when we face Clemson or in Alabama or someone like that? Like we're going to get our teeth kicked in. Well, maybe at this current time, we are still not where we need to be. I would understand. I would still agree with that. I don't think we're where we need to be, and we're still not a four-quarter team yet. But at the end of the day, I think it's still a massive overreaction to look at that Rutgers game and assume that we're crap. Am I allowed to speak now? Well, when did can you I go? Depends. Were you actually listening to what I said? I was listening to what you said. I would like to now react to that. Okay. <laughs> I, I, let, me, let me start my stopwatch here. Okay, go ahead. No, this is going to be quick because it's, it's going to be more of a conversation, not of me yelling at you. This is more of a conversation. Go Where ahead. I want to ask you this. I'll listen. Go ahead. From a national landscape, how did that game look? You know, it's actually funny you mention that because I'm still a sucker for getting on ESPN and watching people's reactions. I'm an, I'm a sucker for looking on Twitter and Facebook just to kind of get a national idea. And you want to know who took it the hardest? Was who? Ohio State fans. That was it. ESPN, even when I got a notification on my phone, said Ohio State blows out Rutgers. I've heard nothing but blowout, nothing about Justin Fields and how dominant he's been. And I heard nothing on the national media side that said anything towards the realm of, well, they only beat Rutgers by 22. Like, that's got to be disturbing. Or the defense looks suspect. I not one time 
did I hear that from anyone other than Letterman Row or Eleven Warriors, which, you know, identified all of these issues and actually went into more detail to realize that, hey, listen, a lot of that crap happened in the fourth quarter. I think your reaction is, I think it's legit the way you feel, but I think on the national spectrum of the way people are viewing Ohio State, nobody cared. I disagree, and here's why. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. This is a short season where anything could happen. We don't know if we're playing next week or two weeks from now or anything. Every single quarter of football matters. It can matter. I agree. Look what happened to Clemson last week, man. They lost. Now, granted, were they without their starting quarterback? Yes, but it's still a loss, and it matters. So at the end of the day, man, if we happen to stumble somewhere or have a bad game or five or six guys get COVID and we have to take an L, it's going to matter that we beat Rutgers like we should beat Rutgers. Uh, That's the point. I disagree. It should, because the people in that room at the CFP, dude, are not football people. Some of them are, but some of them aren't. Some of them have nothing to do with football. My point is, man, they're not going to analyze the game like you are. They're not going to break it down by quarters. They're not going to break it down by who well, plays what. Well, they're supposed to. They're, they're supposed They're not going to. to. If, if There's too they, much football if, you to are on the, if you're on the CFP, you're supposed to be diagnosing every single game and looking at all these factors. No, just let me like, be honest. Do you think they just do? Just the same way. You tell, yes, they absolutely do. So you and think because, Condoleezza Rice watched every single football game when she was on the CFP. No, but I guarantee no. that. But I guarantee that she was informed on every little detail that mattered. For example, Clemson's going to get a freaking pass for the loss of that game against Notre Dame because they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. They're going to get a pass. It's still a loss. It do, it is still a loss, and and if they win out, it's going to only affect their seating. But if they win out, they're in, and they're going to face Notre Dame again in the ACC championship game. So. Assuming they have a healthy Trevor Lawrence, you'd have to assume that was probably the difference maker in that game, especially since it was on the road at Notre Dame. I'm saying, so it I'm matters, telling man. you, listen, hold I on. understand. Hold on. Okay. So we're, I'm, Ohio State's going to be looked at differently had we won by 42 instead of 22. Yes. And record. I'll tell you why. No, I disagree. Because this year is different. There is no, there is no conference to conference uh, comparison. There is no. There might not even be a, you know, no conference champion talk. There may be none of that. Pretty much everything this year is based on style points and eye test everything because there's nothing to compare it to. But so do you know what the eye test to... is helping Ohio State with? The, the, the eye test is helping with Ohio State in regards that Justin Fields is playing near perfect football. And that yeah, is going to be overlooked. Ohio State at... doesn't play the second half. It do... Listen, that is not the national narrative. And you know why I know the national narrative more than you is because you live in Columbus and you constantly hear Columbus biased people talk. So you know more about the inside stuff, but you also know more about people self-reflecting on the Ohio State program. I live in Kentucky. I don't listen to the same stuff that you listen to. I have to listen to more to the national opinion of what Ohio State is. And I can guarantee you, I'm telling you right here, right now, that the national media, ESPN, uh, sports, whatever, anything else that's telling me about sports. Not one person said anything negative about the Rutgers game other than Ohio State dominates Rutgers and Fields continues to look damn near perfect. And I'm telling you, that's what the national narrative is. It is. You may not hear it because you're in Columbus, but I'm telling you from my perspective, that's what I'm hearing. So a lot of what you're feeling that's negative is internal because how we feel like we should have beat Rutgers. Because, yes, 
If you want to look at the last six, seven years we played Rutgers, it was like 28 or it was like 58 nothing, 56 nothing, uh, 48 six, like, you know, scores that we're particularly used to seeing. But Rutgers has been a dumpster fire until they got Greg Schiano back. I'm not saying Greg Schiano is going to make them a bowl eligible team, but Greg Schiano already has one of the first Big Ten wins that they've had in forever when they beat Michigan State week one. So okay. that right there should already tell you that they're at least ready to play and committing to the environment he's trying to provide more than they have in the last handful of years. And you can guarantee that Rutgers Super Bowl is playing us. They had nothing to lose playing us. So they're going to throw the kitchen sink at us and everything else. And we still play like crap in one by 22. The national media is not ridiculing us for only beating by 22. That's on you. That's on the homers. And I, trust me, I, I'm sitting here saying I, I don't like the way we played that game. I wish we would have won by a heck of a lot more. I'm not giving a pass in my own personal, but I'm giving a pass in regards to that's reality. Okay, so now let me stomp that in the dirt. As right now I'm on my phone, I'm looking up 24-7 sports. Uh, pressing questions. Uh, OSU looks for, uh, looks for growth in defense this week. Um, how about this one? Uh, where's the other one that I just saw? Uh, CBS Sports. Talks about the defense. Man, these are these are articles that people are writing to try to find some interest in people reading them. Like, you, what do, do the majority of people read articles? Or do the majority of the people kind of t- go off what mainstream media tells them via mostly television? Okay? And I mean, this is a whole yeah, other subject. Because you're a homer, and just like I Damn am. Damn right I'm a homer. That's why we have a podcast. You're darn right. And trust me, I'm not telling you I'm happy about the So you the need to go work for the SEC, apparently, since you're oh all into the god. national you media. You know what? I swear to God, when I see you, I'm going to smack the shh. Oh, my God. Don't you ever. If you're not, if don't you're not you ever. Us, you're against us. That's the way I see it. Listen, you have the glass half empty. I have I it half empty. I you're not wearing a Ohio State shirt right now because you're disgracing. You're disgracing the Well, it's not right burning now. my skin, so apparently I'm not doing anything wrong. <laughs> Listen. I think you are overreacting. I am not saying that we played a perfect game. I'm not even saying we played a great game. There's still a lot to work on. And I think more than anything, this early in the year, if we're still beating people by 20 and we find things to work on, that's a plus because we can only continue to get better. It would be a different story. There would almost be a problem if we completely blew out Rutgers and therefore we're, everyone's going to practice saying, oh, you know, we're the top dog. Like, you know, we can't be scored on. We can just score at will. Listen, we have things to continue to work on. That's good. Finding the negative and improving from the negative is good. So you cannot sit here and tell me us playing horribly is the worst thing that could even happen, especially no, since but we the won negative by 22. is the same every week. So, I mean, what are we doing? The negative We're still the same beating everyone by double-digit scores. Yeah, but we're That's not fixing we're the negative. You're not fixing the problem. You're saying, oh, you learn something and then you fix it. Well, we're not fixing it. It's the same every week. Okay, and then, listen, I don't want to spend much more time on this because we're going to go for like an hour and no one wants to listen to us for an hour. But I don't want to listen to you for 10 minutes right now. <laughs> and that's fine. But you know what? I have the microphone. So you're going to have to listen every damn word I have to say. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is that I, f- I lost my point. I forgot what we were talking about. That's because you know you're wrong, and now you're just you're backpedaling. You're backpedaling. I'm not backpedaling. What you're doing is you're using your words to confuse me. Yeah, I like to fool people with trickery and then strike them in the throat. Oh, <laughs> so you sound like Rutgers football team. Because that's apparently all they did all afternoon. I know, and it worked, which is even scarier. Listen, man. Ohio State still has the best recruiting 
in the nation, top three. They have some of the best coaching in the nation, top five, we'll call it. A mixture of both of those is going to figure out a way to get the job done. What I'm seeing has been one of the best ways for Ohio State success is not that we come out of the gate as world beaters. It's that we continue to improve as the season goes on and we do what we still have to do to continue to win games. You can't tell me that your goal heading into the season was to beat Rutgers by 50. Your goal at the end of the season is you want a shot at the natty. You want to win the natty. I actually want to beat everyone by 50. I just want that known. In a perfect world, sure. I'd like to go buy a lottery ticket today and win $42 million and quit my job, but that's not going to happen. You so can't listen, win if you don't play. Realist- get in the car and get you one. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. But realistically, at the end of the day, man, you have to look. This team is still growing. They still have a lot of parts that are new. They still have a lot that's going on that they are still in the process of improving. But I will tell you this. As long as we have a healthy Justin Fields, I don't care how bad the rest of the team could possibly look. We're going to have a chance to beat anybody. We really will. I've said it before. We don't have to have an elite rushing attack. We just have to have a good, manageable rushing attack. Something that will average between three to four yards of carry. Something that can get us first downs here and there. But it's not going to be a big section of our offense because Justin Fields and the wide receivers we have are like pro level. Like it's unreal because we literally between what our quarterback is and our wide receivers, every one of them is going to the NFL is probably first or second round draft picks. I think you're overreacting. I think you're worried too much about what everyone else is thinking about our team. When I think at the end of the day, we're in really good shape and we have more things to improve, which is even better. Wow, I've never heard you this quiet before. Oh, I fell asleep. Yeah. I just woke well, up. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> By the way, welcome back to Davison, uh, Davison Chad on Dot in the Eye. Uh, we're sitting here talking about how much Chad's a moron and overreacts about everything. I mean, he told me the other night his wife accidentally spilled a cup of coffee and, you know, he decided to change his entire flooring at home. Like, That's you know, pretty, he just uh, overreaction of the, of the year. Now you're hitting me low. Hey, listen, you know what? You went low on me today, so I'm going low on you today. All right. You want to talk about flooring? I'll hit you with some flooring. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Now we've wasted about half the episode. Let's get into let's get into what's coming up next. Okay, so obviously we got Maryland coming up. Uh, We're twenty five and a half point favorite. We're a little bit mixed on how we feel about the upcoming game. So tell me what you think. Just kind of give me a little heads up of what you what you're going to preview for that Maryland game. And, of course, hey, it's noted it's on the road, which last time we were there took us overtime to pull it out. I think the frustration on Ryan Day's face walking off the field and in the press conference was very apparent after last week. I would be shocked if we don't see some changes, uh, both defensively and defensively. (laughs) Um, I really think that he's going to come out. uh, You know, as upset as I was, you could see it in Ryan Day's face. He was upset. He didn't like the way it turned out last week. I, I guarantee it. So I know he's going to make some changes. I guarantee you they're going to work hard this week. And I really think that we are going to cover the spread. I really do. I think we're going to cover the spread. I think the best thing for Ryan Day is for him to be pissed off. Because that's when Ryan Day's at his best. If Ryan Day gets comfortable, I think you know we might be a little bit at risk. Hold but on. I start getting pissed off and I'm a homer. He gets pissed off and it's the greatest thing in the world. What the hell's going on? 
Well, that's because you're not getting paid millions of dollars and you're not in control of this team. We got know, a lowly pod, we got a lowly podcast that, that that's kind of where we're at. Like I know they pay me and they pay me in nothing. I eat out of trash cans. Yeah, <laughs> if it's still warm, you know it's gotta be still fresh, right? <laughs> <laughs> um so do you think we're covering the spread? Well, we're gonna get into the spread because that's part of our prop bets. But I'm gonna give you my overall reaction of what or my preview of what I think the Maryland game's gonna be. Um Maryland so far has played some teams that haven't had the greatest defense. Their greatest defense so far they played was Penn State, but they obviously did not show any interest in that game. And Penn State has also had a a history of struggling with dual threat quarterbacks in the RPO uh, because we didn't run a ton of RPO against him because we also didn't want to run fields as much as we possibly could have to save his body. So that might be another explanation of why, you know, Penn State could hone in more on the run or the pass, but we still, you know, whoop the crap out of them. So what I'm trying to say is that Penn State, uh, I'm sorry, Maryland is better than they have been in the last few years. And I think it's funny that the Big Ten East, and that's saying it's Ohio State, uh, Penn State, Michigan, Indiana, uh, Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State. I think barring Michigan and Michigan State, these other teams have actually made up some ground. Okay, and you'd have to be really kind of into the Big Ten to really see that. But Indiana has been on the uptick for several years and Maryland has been down for quite a while, but they they predominantly rely upon their offense and having a good quarterback. And they've not really had the best quarterback in the last handful of years. And they finally have to his brother that transferred, who is doing a lot of really good things for him. So I think you're seeing an improvement in some of these middle-tier teams in the Big Ten East. So I think it's still going to be a game to watch, but it's not going to be on the level of, hey, we need to be watching out for upset alert like when we went to Purdue a few years ago or at Iowa three four years ago. We're aware that we don't need to take this game lightly. It just kind of feels like they have a mobile enough quarterback where they're going to get a chunk of yards during this game. And the key of this game is going to be, can we hold them in the red zone? Now, I think their defense is not going to be able to do much to stop Justin Fields. So I think even as bad as our defense could possibly play in this game, we're still going to beat them by double digits because our offense cannot be stopped. So my overall preview in this game is that I think Maryland's going to score. And I think Maryland's going to be able to move the ball. But I think Ohio State is going to be able to move the ball at will and score at will. And I think Maryland is not going to be able to keep up with that. What do you think? Well, I mean, I agree with a lot of that. I, you know, I look at Maryland and the improvements they made and, and to his brother there. And, you know, and I think there's a lot of positive things going on there. I really think that that program is, has come up a little bit here recently. And it, they got people talking. Especially with, you know, with to his brother, because, you know, anytime somebody famous comes in or you're the kin of somebody famous, then people are going to start talking. Um, I can see them coming out and putting a couple points on Ohio State. I really can. And to me, this whole game comes down to what Ryan Day's game plan is. I really think it's going to be similar to last week and that we're we're we have a sizable lead in the first half. And then the second half is really my question. You know, what do we do? Are we playing backups again? Are we are we letting them back in the game? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I thought I knew. I really did. But the first three weeks of the season have been eerily similar to me uh, so far. So you would kind of think, you know, you, you would kind of think it might be different. But, you know, it hasn't changed in three weeks. So I'm really not sure what to think on that. Do I think 
that Ohio State's very capable of beating this team by and covering the spread? I do. I think they should. But the question to me is, what do we do in the second half? Yeah. And I think our second half has actually been kind of the biggest at risk because we've been coming out. Uh, the only slow start we have is against uh, Nebraska, where we actually were only up by like, you know, the three or 10 points or something like 10 points, 24 14, the first half. And then it went in the game 52 17. You know, that was one. But that's the first game of the year where we're trying to work stuff out. And it's our first hitting game of the year. And we improve as the game goes on. I think we have more of an identity and we know what we're doing to start the game. But there, it could be a combination of, hey, we don't want to give too much tape to the next team. Or it could be a combination of, hey, we don't want key guys to get hurt. Or who knows what the reason is. I know as a fan, you want to see your team thromp the other team into submission every quarter. I every get day. it. Every I time. get it. And I'm the same way. I would love to see that. But I also have to be realistic and understand the fact that even though we have a shortened season, and I understand every quarter is important, you also need to make sure that all of your players are staying healthy. Because in football, that is the most important factor in any team is the health of your team. Because that shows right there with uh, Clemson, what just happened to Notre Dame. I don't believe that Clemson would have lost to Notre Dame with Trevor Lawrence. I don't. But even though, you know, it had nothing to do with necessarily what he was doing the game before and how much he was playing. But still, his health uh, with him contracting the virus was the reason why he couldn't play. And the health of someone not being able to play caused the team to have an L. Who's to say that that's not a predominant feeling in the locker room or in the coach's room What Ohio State's thinking to try to make sure that we're protecting our players for every game? Because since every game is so important, it may not be as much important like you're thinking of how much we beat them by. But I think the, the national narrative is already that as long as Ohio State continues to play every game and goes unbeaten, no one's going to steal our spot. So the narrative no longer is how much are we beating by, it's can we beat them and still handily like we would hope to, but to stay healthy and make sure that we're not contracting the virus. Because at this point, my worry is more for if we get ready to play someone and they have tests on their side that are going to cancel their game and then ruin it for us. Because I feel like Ryan Day and that coaching staff is really stressing the importance of, hey, do not contract this virus. Do not go out in public. Wear your mask. Do what you got to do. Bubble wrap yourself. Stay in on a Friday night, but do not catch this virus. And I feel like the whole team has adapted this concept. That's just my perspective on it, that I think that the score is not as much indicative of what the priority is as much as it is. Let's win these games by double digits still. Let's keep people healthy. Let's move on to the next, because if we continue to go unbeaten, there's not going to be another team in America that's going to jump us into the playoffs. All we got to do is get to playoffs. Would you agree? Yeah, but I, I, I just have a different mentality than you. You're, you you want to eke into the playoffs. You just want everything to go steady. No, Eddie, I don't want to eke into the damn you know my playoffs. Favorite, no. My, you're, that's what you're saying. Like, keep everybody healthy. Win by 20. Well, I'm also playoffs. realistic, dude. I don't want to do that. Perfect, okay, in a perfect world, let's beat everyone by 50 and go into the number one seed, but it's just not going to happen. I want to come into your town and burn it to the ground. It's And then not after gonna, we leave, I want to go to the playoffs and burn their house to the ground. That's the what way are I you, Braveheart? Jesus, yes. like this isn't a movie, man. This is real <laughs> life, dude. These are freaking 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids. This like, is so can you man. imagine how hard it is to even get these kids to be convinced to stay in their apartments or dorm rooms and not go out on the weekend? Well, Justin Hilliard had a false positive. When was that, last week? Yeah, and guess what? 
when he finally got the approval to play, he came in, made a, made a tackle with a uh, fumble, and he recovered it. That's what scares me is all this stuff, man. Because you never know. They could, you know, they could they could give Justin Fields a, a positive before the game and then retest him, and you know he's not good till the third quarter. And you well, know what I mean? Change, like they're changing so that they're changing that rule. So a false positive followed up by a negative test is not going to hold you out. Big Ten's changing that rule. But I digress. We've gone on for too long. Let's hit up our prop bets for the Maryland game. Give our score predictions for those that are still listening because we've rambled on and on today. And um, I'm dropping we'll bombs leave. of knowledge out here is what I'm doing. No rambling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So we decided to go ahead and come up with our three pop bets ahead of time this time. So we're, we're going to be quicker to them. So this is in regards to the Mary game. Now, the one thing we didn't uh, decide that we were going to do live on the air, and I didn't tell Chad about this because he's forgotten about it, is what is this bet going to entail? What does the winner get? Because right now you've already given me a speech about how awesome I am and you already owe me dinner with a draft beer, tall imported beer. So I am looking forward to you telling me what is this next prop bet going to be for? I don't know. Did we discuss this? We did not. So you're going to have to come up with on the fly. What do you want this bet to be for? Well, now that you mention it, I do have something in mind. Go ahead. So, you know, we had talked about here in the next, uh, couple of weeks i will be traveling uh to kentucky to visit you and during this point we are going to attempt video a video podcast okay the first one that we've ever done we've been talking about it hitting towards it well we're gonna try to make it a reality okay. in the next couple of weeks For the Indiana so i game, think two weeks yeah so i think this should come to fruition during that and, on camera and and i think seeing as how my wife has a cricket okay What's a cricket a cricket is a three-dimensional printer that makes T-shirts and things like that. Well, hell, I didn't. I wasn't aware she had a three-dimensional printer. Yes, but here's the thing. All right, go on. So I think that during the video, you have to start off wearing a shirt that says whatever the other person decides to put on it for at least the first half of the podcast. It could say anything. I'm an idiot. I have a really bad hairline. Um, I have a booger in my nose. My wife hates me. Whatever. Okay, something like that. But you have to wear that. And not to mention that it has to be whatever size the other person picks. Could I come with a schmedium? Maybe. Could I come with an extra schmedium? Most likely. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually between a medium husky and an extra large, preferably. So <laughs> my left arm hey, is just a little longer than Okay. Mine. So if as long as you can deliver in the fact that it would take your wife less than one week to create this shirt and it have it ready. It would take less than one hour. Okay. Well, then, if as long as you can deliver on what it's created, then I accept your bet. And here's uh, what it's going to be. So we're going to reveal it could be anything, okay? And if I know myself and you as well, both of us are probably going to pick a, a rather small and size T-shirt for the other person to have to wear. Um, and I think it'll be pretty funny. But anyway, oh, yeah, it's not going to have anything to do with anything large. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Fair enough. The, so fine. Listen, and it would be interesting because then it'll make people want to check in, view the podcast to see exactly who's going to wear what for the first half of the podcast and what it's going to say. So I, I accept your bet. And okay. so far you're owing two on the season. I know, I'm like the Michigan of prop bets. Yeah. And it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Not All good. Right. Okay, so 
for those of you who don't know and are first listening, we do three prop bets uh, for each game and best out of three wins. So if you win two of the three, you win the bet for the week and whatever the result of the bet is. So we have come up with the first one is just the straight spread of the game. The spread at this current moment is 25 and a half points in favor of the Buckeyes. And Chad feels like, yes, we will cover the spread. And I just have a feeling like mm, that's really close number, but I'm going to say no. I'm not going to say that we're not 25 and a half points better. I feel like we are. But again, I still think we're like we're developing. We have young players. I can see Maryland move the ball. So Chad says, yes, we covered the 25 and a half. 25 and a half point spreads. So that means Chad says we win by 26 or more. I say we win by 25 or less. So that is our first prop bet. The well, second one. Throw in one. What's the second one? Okay. The next one is Maryland <laughs> total offensive yards. And we set that at 350. Chad believes we are over. And I believe we are under. Okay, so Chad believes that Maryland will have more than 350 yards of total offense. I have a feeling like our defense, even though I know Maryland's going to move the ball on us, I just have a feeling that our defense is going to step up, especially we look better in the running game, which I think Maryland's better at than the passing game. I think that we're going to stop a more in a running game. So I feel like we are going to give up less than 350 yards of offensive yards to Maryland. I want to put and- in there. The reason that I'm betting that way is because of my disdain for our performance in the second half of football games. Continue. So you can also, you can already start to see why Chad's losing bets because he doesn't think with his brain. He thinks with his heart. And as much as I would like to think with my heart, I think with my brain with Ohio State. Our last bet for the prop bet is, does Trey Sermon finally score a touchdown? I said, hello, Oklahoma. Trey Sermon finally gets into the end zone. And Mr. Chad says, hell no. No, he doesn't get in the end zone. To be honest, he doesn't deserve to be there anyway. May not be. He's not looked great. <laughs> in my opinion. He might get in there if it's a 10-yard run and he gets a 14-yard head start. Well, hey, put him in a reverse. You never know. <laughs> I say Trey Sermon finally scores his first touchdown. Mr. Yeah. Chad says no. There's our three bets. And again, on the line is the loser wears the size of T-shirt and the desired writing logo on the T-shirt that the winner has decided for them to wear. And you got to pretend that you like it, too. There will not be (laughs) pretend that you like it unless I win, which you need to pretend that you like it. So with that being said, uh, we've covered a lot in this episode. We apologize if this is a little bit longer than our typical episode, but we kind of missed an episode there. We had a lot to catch up on. We hope you really enjoy listening to what we got to say. And you know what, Chad? Hey, why don't you tell us where we, uh, where they can hear us at? All right. Well, Hey, uh, if you get a chance, stop by our Facebook page, as always, we're trying to post content and, uh, give us a like or follow on there. We're on YouTube. We are on uh, iTunes. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Play. We are pretty much on every major media platform. We would love it if you'd follow us on Twitter, uh, stop by Facebook, leave us a line, uh, comment on a YouTube video, anything you want to do just to stay interactive. We're going to try to put up some more polls and some more survey questions here in the next couple of weeks just to get people excited. I mean, it's football season, man. Let's let's enjoy it. You know, this is all it's all about having a good time and and rooting on the Buckeyes. So um, I look forward to it and we'll see you next week. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Go Bucks. OH. <laughs> <laughs>